Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo and I'm joined by my brother Tiago. Welcome. So today we're on we're on one microphone only, so it may get clunky at times, but you know, bear with us. And um I want to start this one with the topic of stillness, I would call it, because the book we're reading for next week is by Ryan Holiday, uh, Stillness is the Key. And uh I had like zero expectations going into it. I only saw the book like because you bought it on Kindle. And so I was like, okay, I'll start reading it, I guess. But it was so, I, I guess it just hit me at the right time because I was doing the opposite of stillness. It was just so like unstill. And I had been noticing that even my leisure times were just like fucking around on YouTube. Just finding some stimulus to not having to think about some things. So now that when I started reading the book and just like actually applying it, First of all, I noticed a lot of shit coming up because it was just things I was repressing before. I was just like, ah, I can deal with this or I can just play video games right now. So I'll just play video games. That was what I was doing. And when, first of all, when you stop, it's like, it's very, it's not even painful to work, but it's just very uncomfortable because I know, I knew I had to deal with the feelings, but it was like, oh, I don't really feel like doing that right now. It was just so, and the other thing was, that after doing that, just how much better life gets when you can actually find that tranquility. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think we, because we've gone through it several times, we know that what what we need to do to get back on track. It's just at the time, it seems so hard to do it. And I, I think I have the, the same experience as you. Like, as I'm reading this book, I'm kind of like identifying that I, I think I kind of fell into a rut yeah. Where it's like where it's like the same thing, very unstill, lots of things always happening that I'm doing to distract myself from the real things. And yesterday I was actually having like a, one of these moments. I, I couldn't sleep, so I just grabbed my, my notebook yeah. and started jotting down stuff. And there's one thing that kept popping into my mind, which was like, you always have to work for what you already have, you know, because it's so easy for you to take it for granted. Yeah. Like I, I, used, I think sometimes I even use myself like, yeah, so I'm, I'm the guy who meditates, I'm the guy who just journaling whatever as a routine but am i really that guy or do i am, am i the guy who sometimes has it and so i always say that i have it it's not the same thing you know it's yeah. it's different because once you kind of assume that you are that thing i don't at the same time i think it makes it easier because it's part of your personality but sometimes it's easier for you to lie to yourself which is so, so you're always saying to yourself like no if i if i want to get back into meditating i can do it because i've already done it but that's not necessarily true. Yeah, I kind of, I get what you're saying. And I kind of was having kind of the same thing just the day before, which is curious. Uh, that I was also like, I couldn't sleep. So I just came here and I I lit some candles up and I was just like, I'll just read. Because I didn't want like the lights or anything. And yeah, a lot of it is, and like now reading the book, we're going to go in like more detail next week. But it's, it's some of like these things, it's, on one side, it's like comforting to see that a lot of other much more successful people have gone through it and like even much, I'd say, hard cases of it. Uh, you will talk about it, but but it's also just like how just very, I'd say peaceful to, to see that just by writing and meditating on it, it's not that you solve it, but that you can, you kind of come to terms with it. You can kind of, let's say like, oh, I'm not meditating as much. One thing is like uh, do, assuming that and like realizing that and 
being like, okay, but I'll improve tomorrow and I'll get back on track. Another thing is to say that and be like, I'm a piece of shit because I have not meditated for two straight days. And so a lot of this stillness, which is not like being sitting down in a chair and not doing anything, is just finding ways to instill that stillness, quote unquote, when you're doing things. To like kind of take a step back and be like, okay, I'm doing this, but not to fall into that like tunnel vision mentality where it's like, I'm just, I just have to do this right now and then I have to do the next thing. And to just actually take a breather and be like, okay, first of all, not, none of this matters that much, you know? And I was actually thinking about this. If you put it into perspective, like n nothing that you will do matters at all. <laughs> like if you put in the, into in comparison to like how much time we've been in, in the planet Earth, like even as a species, not even as you yourself, it's just like a fucking grain of sand. And then if you put yourself, then it's just like a bleep. It's like a flash in the pan. So a lot of that also helps to not to be like, oh, I'm, so I'm not going to do anything because nothing matters, but more to be like, okay, so I, re I recognize this, but also now that I'm here doing this, I can, you know, take a breather. I can do things properly because if it doesn't matter that much, then why not do it right? At least that was kind of the thing that I came with. That's one of the things uh, I think. Uh, I, the first time I heard that idea was in Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And he was talking about that, which is like nothing really has meaning, like inherently. It's always we humans that give it meaning. And this is kind of a fact. And we have like lots of schools of philosophy that have put tons of time and work into trying to figure out if there is meaning in our life. And I think... The way he put it in the book is like the most realistic we have. It's like, we don't know if there's inherent meaning in things and neither I think we need to know because the thing is, as soon as you admit to yourself that nothing has meaning by itself, that so when you take that fact, you can say to yourself this, which is like, if, being, if nothing has meaning, then being good, then feeling good or feeling bad has the same meaning. And so you always want to choose feel good like if both of them don't have meaning yeah. and this is feeling good, not in the sense of like pleasure, like momentarily pleasure. I think it's the, the, the goodness you feel when you do something right, when you're living your best life, when you're happy, that when you're living with purpose, that's when you, that's why I think you really feel good because sometimes you can feel pleasure for like an hour or two, but what's, what I think really like feels well, is that kind of bliss we have when everything is, is going according to your values and to your, to the things you you think you should be doing in this world and so i think that's that's a good thing to remind yourself that it's not as important because once you admit that it's like you get rid of the blame that you put on yourself for failing because that will happen occasionally you will fail and it's easier for you to get back on track and once you are back on track i think there's not too much pressure i think too much pressure sometimes it's more harmful than beneficial because the way you live with pressure sometimes can be uh, not optimal. Yeah, and um, I, this also reminds me of something he talks in the book, which um, for me, it was kind of, it kind of sent me into also having to write about it because it was just so, like, conflicted with myself, but also I knew there was something there, which is to, like, believe in something greater than yourself. And, like, Ryan says that if you see throughout history, all the most successful people, they always put their faith in something higher than themselves it's like they do the work but then it's like oh it's either god or there's something it's like you see a lot of like very successful athletes they pray before getting in the court or 
even musicians, a lot of stuff, they like the muse and all this stuff. It's something that's bigger than you. And I was thinking like that I do feel like a lot of that overworking and all that comes also like if you believe truly that by doing good and the best you can, then that then like God or whatever kind of has your back for the rest. I feel like that would be much more helpful and more productive because like if you don't have that belief it can happen that you're always like i'm always working because if i don't make this happen it will never happen and you know to a certain extent it is kind of like that but if you just said which it's a hard thing to say like how do you fucking get this belief i can just like snap my fingers and say oh no i believe in a higher thing a lot of it is only through like very desperate times where you have no other option but to like if you get cancer or Like he talks about the Cuban Missile Crisis where Kennedy at some point was like, I've done everything, I can only pray to God now that it goes well. And um, But like, but if you manage to get that or if you, if you do have that already, I think it, it balances much better with the, the tendency to like workaholism. Because if you don't, you're always like, oh fuck, there's always something else I can do. It's very hard to like take a break and be like, no, now I'm going to enjoy my leisure time because I know this will make me better at that thing. But because you don't have that faith, it's like, no, I'm just fucking wasting time. I should be working. When in fact, like if you don't, and he talks about this in the book, if you don't cultivate these moments of leisure, which is not like sitting on watching TV, it's not playing video games, it's not stuff like this. It's usually activities that allow that stillness. And they can be like very hard. It can be weightlifting um it can be you know intense swimming but in an environment where that stillness where you're able to get that stillness i think yeah the, the leisure we are talking about here is like when you are in the moment yeah. and that's the things that provide that that can be anything it depends on the person but like you said it can be a sport it can be like a, a hobby you have painting writing whatever it is that's true leisure time like usually tv time or like youtube gaming usually it's not leisure time it can be you know if you're like let's say you're watching a good movie with your family that can be leisure time let's say you're playing a game with longtime friends you know there's certainly but it's harder for those things to be to be leisure time usually it's things you not necessarily do by yourself i mean i think they are most of those things it's things you you kind of need to do by yourself to really be in the present and besides that you you were talking about earlier about the the greater belief like that, that you said helps in that and i think i thought that's something i've always struggled with because it's not something that comes easy to me to like just kind of say i believe in something because the thing is like we it's obviously for me it's always boils down to not having evidence for anything so it's i always feel like it's like okay i'm making belief and i don't really i feel like i'm lying to myself so it's kind of one of those things that i also don't put enough uh, think thought into it it's because I, i i go with the assumption it's like It's ridiculous. I don't need to believe in a higher power. But I think that's also ridiculous because we all need to believe in something yeah. to, to live. You, the thing is, you, you either make a conscious decision or life itself makes a decision for you. So this is maybe one of those things where I think I need to think more about that. And because, yeah, because if you don't, I think you never have that enough feeling that even Ryan talks about in the book. It's like he calls it the E word, that Tiger Woods wouldn't say enough it's like a, a story for the other podcast but he would basically never say enough there was never enough for him in his life and this is something i think everyone can relate to sometimes you just feel that nothing is enough you always need you're always searching for something something that that next goal that next job next monetary goal whatever and you never take time to actually say no this is good 
We actually posted a quote yesterday, which is basically saying that virtue is enough. You only need to be good. And the rest is like kind of superfluous. You don't need anything else, but it's very hard for us to accept that. That was actually something I actually wrote yesterday in my notebook. It was something was kind of like a, I don't know if it's a smart like quote that came to my mind or if it's already taken, but it's like, it goes like, so we, we always want, well, we, we always, we never have what we want because we, because we always want what we don't have. Yeah. And I mean, it may sound like kind of dumb, but it's, I think it's that. No, but, but it's, it's completely true. And I feel like a lot of stoicism touching on that uh, last quote you said, it's, it's like that it's trying to want what you already have it's and like even in stoicism they talk a lot about the higher thing it's a lot of doing the good but then you put you put that faith now going back to what you're saying like and i don't know as well like how do you build that faith how do you do you have to go through a, a moment where it's like that's the only option left or because i it's always hard because even the if you look at the most spiritual people, quote unquote, on earth, even Jesus, or even um, you take the Dalai Lama, or you know, a lot of these people, they all have big moments of disbelief towards like that higher thing. Even if the, I think Jesus is the example of the cross, like, why have you abandoned me? He's saying to God, is, and it's, and it, it, I feel like to a younger generation like us, it's harder because there was not ever really that culture of. You never. I, I don't remember going to the church other than to, I don't know, get baptized into a, a, some weddings, maybe. But there's not that, and there's not that um, culture, first of all. And then no one could ever really explain it to you. There was like, no, you either believe, and if you say like, but there's no proof. But at the bottom line, it's not about having proof. It's not even, it's not about any of that. But if you try to explain it to somebody like that, then it's like, of course he's not going to listen. Of course he's not going to... And then I feel like a lot of it, of you know, how you were kind of thought and you were like, no, this is bullshit, stays with you, which makes it much harder to now be like, okay, I've done my work and I believe God or whatever has the rest or the universe or whatever. And um, I do would say that for me, it's a bit easier because when I went to, so, uh, so a lot of years ago, I went to this place in France called Teze, which is like a, I would say like a small, I don't even think it's a city. I don't know. It's like this where where we go to it's like this small yeah christian town village with um like priests i don't know like a christian community and we went with school and you stay there with them and you you know you kind of volunteer there pretty much and you sleep in bunk beds but the good thing about it is there's pretty much zero cell phone connection so there's no wi-fi there's there's no like electronics there's no like digital anything so you just you're forced to be with yourself and with others that are also forced to be with themselves and in a lot of moments I had there, it was kind of like, you know, in nature, in silence, a glimpse of that. The feeling that to this day I cannot explain except to some higher thing. And so sometimes I can go back a bit to that, but it's still, even having that is still very hard because of a lot of the, the I don't know, the ideas I built around Christianity and church and all these things that, you know, probably are not the best. But now that I have them, it's very hard to be like, yeah, no, I believe I'm just going to do my work because it's one of those things that you can't just say, you can't just be like positive, positive affirmation. You really have to believe it. And to, to really believe it, it's first of all, only through experience. And through this, I have no idea even how to, you know, 
get there? I think it's the same. It's a very difficult field to get into. Like I just have no idea where to even start with that because I had the the same experience. I went to the to the same place you were talking about, but and I I definitely enjoyed my time there. I I had some like kind of some curious and interesting thoughts pop up to my mind because just because there's so much more stillness in, in that place and that so you're, but but I still didn't have like most of our friends. We kind of had those. Everyone said like, oh no, you gotta. You got to experience to believe it, man. You, you, it's an amazing feeling. You just feel like the spirit of the place coming into you. And like, I enjoyed it. I didn't feel that thing. I think most people feel. And I think it's also because of the background I have with Christianity. Like for most of my life, it was kind of like a, a rebellion thing. So like, yeah, everyone believes this. I don't want to believe this shit because there's no no facts associated with it. And I feel the same way as you. It's like facts is not the way to go about explaining it you like if someone goes into an argument about christianity with you you already know that they failed because the truth is they have no way of justifying that their religion is the right one just like buddhists don't like just like people islamic people don't no one can justify that their religion is the right one through facts and that's why i feel like the most like i'd say enlightened or close to enlightenment spiritual people they all say the same if you go talk to them they're like they always refer to their god in their particular religion, but they never like clinch onto it, like hardly, like most people do, because they know they've kind of gone through the experience and they know that it isn't about the religion itself. It's about the message behind it. And and so the, if you go to like a, one of the most religious people, and I, I'm talking about like really, really religious people, not necessarily the Pope or like, but people that you, you, you can tell that they, they've gone through to stuff in life and they've found help in spirituality. And those people, I feel they all have the same way of viewing the religious topics. It's like, doesn't, it doesn't really matter the religion you buy into, as long as they have like these core values that we've kind of discovered along time that work and will make you live an happier life. And then God or Allah or the Buddha, whatever you use behind that, it doesn't really matter, you know? It's the thought behind it that counts. It's this higher energy that allows you to yeah a lot of it is it's trying to strip as much of that that i don't think it's you know like going to church and hearing the pope speak and all you rise now and you do these movements with your hands and then you speak when he speaks a lot of that mm, you know it's it that's not the core of it like the core of what initially it was and they were trying to teach you it's not that it's you know core values that all of us can adopt to our lives and then it's that faith that faith that if you do act through this way, then only good things can come, even if you don't see it at the moment. And uh, to be honest, I wish I had more of that belief. But um, I think you can only also get it when, especially the older you get, the more desperate you get, quote-unquote desperate, like moments of true desperation. And that's, you know, sometimes it's by achieving quote-unquote success that that will appear. Like, oh, fuck, this wasn't it. And he even talks in the book, um, one guy, I don't remember exactly who, he had this realization very early and he's like depressed for two years. He was just like, Ugh. it's like nothing will ever be enough now. And then, you know, going through a lot of problems in his life, he kind of reached that, you know, faith, God, whatever you want to say, that it will be good if you do good. Um, but now I kind of maybe to shift a bit because both of us, this would be an infinite loop if we don't really know what we're talking about here. Um, another interesting idea he talks in the book is, you know, a lot of them, but I think I'll go 
yeah, I'll go with this one, which is, I think we touched a bit on, like, solitude or being alone doesn't mean you're lonely kind of thing. And um, first of all, nowadays, because being alone is different than being alone with a smartphone, first of all. That's not really, that's not really being alone. Being alone is like you meditating or you walking or you with a book even. But it's it's not you. It's like your brain without stimulus. And he even talks about like walking in a book that a lot of great thinkers throughout history would take long walks and there will be when they kind of reach their biggest conclusions. Because if we don't allow this time for being alone and for things to kind of boil inside you, then first of all, everything will be very shallow always. Very like rushed everything because you don't really have that time. And it's you're just like kind of delaying this it's like you're pushing shit down until it all explodes out and by being alone not lonely but like choosing consciously to be alone to de- like to, to let these things come up it's like you're doing not only yourself a, a service but everyone else because then you're like i do feel like you can sense when people have gone through this work when you talk to them you're and you see somebody very calm you know it's not because he never had any problems it is because he dealt, he dealt with those problems. He was still, he embraced whatever that was. And uh, I, you see this a lot with people who meditate a lot. And like, I noticed, especially when I went to do yoga one time, the people there, it was like, what is this? I've never seen this kind of energy in someone. It was just so very still. Like, because yoga, I would say it's kind of one of those things where stillness, even though you're moving, it's stillness because you're focused on what's happening inside, you know? That's and that, I think that's also why we respect so much the, those kinds of people, Be, people that are truly like still in their everyday life, because we know that it's very difficult to do that. You know, especially in today's world, there's so many stimuli. You have your your smartphone with you, phones, television, social media, whatever. The, the list is infinite. So when you see someone who is like truly still, it's impressive because it, it's really hard. We know. Like I know because of because I tried doing it and I've only like managed to do it for like one to three days or it's never something regular, you know, that you always feel still because it's it's one of those practices that it really takes a lot of effort to, to integrate it into your life. And I think with with the going back to the being lonely, the difference between being lonely and having alone time, I think it's very important for people to make this distinction in today's life. Because I think we are going through one of the biggest phases of loneliness that mankind has ever seen. You know, teenagers today especially feel extremely lonely. People, not even teenagers, young people in general, old people. And and that's strange if you think about it. You, you're more connected than ever. You have your social media. You, you're always in touch with people. You can send messages anytime you want. But still, we feel lonely. And I think, obviously, it's a, it's a weird thing because... I think that's due to not being able to be alone, you know, because we are never truly alone. We always have this kind of like shitty feeling of it's it's not it's never true true. It's never it's never truly being alone and never truly being connected. You're always in like this limbo that gives you this like social media gives you this kind of false sense of pleasure. You know, you get to socialize quote unquote with people, but you don't really socialize. You're not there having real conversations, being in touch physically with people and this matters you know we uh, as a species have millions of years and we've always interacted face to face you know technology that allows you to speak virtually 
is very recent. It's like a like you were going back to the it's like a cosmic blip in this whole humanity thing. And so it's about making more alone time like for you to be still with yourself and then using the energy you get from those still moments to really go out and connect with people you know not just half-hearted like connections saying hi to the person making small talk just always interacting on social media no it's about like actually talking to people finding people you enjoy being with good people and having those deep talks that people kind of feel uncomfortable to have you know and you'd be surprised because everyone kind of complains about small talk Like, no one really likes small talk, but no one does anything about it, you know? Everyone expects that people just want to have small talk. And in the sense, like, in the beginning, they do because, you know, they don't have enough trust. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. When you express yourself truly, you're putting yourself in danger, quote-unquote. You're vulnerable. So no one wants to do that. And if you want that, you have to be, you have to go out yourself and create the space for people to be vulnerable with you. And the only way you do it is by being still. Yeah, and no, I really like you touched on the... Um you know, like small talk and all of that. And you'll notice it's so, especially the the younger people are, the more this is a, a complaint, I would say. Because, yeah, because all, ever, all of us are craving that, are craving depthness, depthness? depth of talk. You're of talk, of expanding your mind, of sharing with other people. But because the more and more evolved technology gets, it seems the the worst all of us get at socializing because we don't practice it enough, then it just becomes, it's just frustrating because we kind of all want to, you know, deeply talk about the subjects that, you know, uh, what's the word? Stimulate our mind. But then very few of us know how to kind of smoothly enter those conversations because, yeah, of course, you're not going to meet someone and the third thing you say is like, um, so what do you think the, the beginning of the universe? Like, you're not going to go into that, but you need to know how to kind of ease your way into those things because otherwise you just stick in this loop of, oh, nice weather, isn't it? Throw some jokes. And a lot of what I people see it saying like, oh, I run out of things to say just because you don't know how to go deep in conversations. Because if you do, then you don't need to think about things to say. You're just expanding on that. But um, oh, fuck, I was going to say something and I kind of forgot. But uh, yeah, you can talk. When <laughs> you think about it just the last thing on, on loneliness i think that's why so many people feel lonely you know it's really due to not because we have social time you know i think i don't think social I don't, I, i'm not sure i haven't looked into it enough but i don't think that social time has reduced like the time itself you know i think it's it's still the same hours you're hanging out with people i think it's just our ability to have good conversation i think with all these distractions around us we kind of lost that ability it's just becoming harder for us because also thinking about it when you are getting distracted by social media and all these things you are not gaining anything you know you're not gaining knowledge you're not getting information in those times so of course you won't have anything to say you know because you're you aren't studying anything you aren't learning if you have if you aren't learning you have nothing new to say you don't want to say anything new you know that's conversation should come naturally to us i think it's all of the things we surround ourselves with just make it hard as fuck, you know? And yeah. people don't kind of like give the credit that it needs, like the impact that technology has on your life, but it leeches onto all those, these areas in life. And so lonely, loneliness is kind of a, it's kind of a plague and you have to combat it with, from two fronts, in my opinion. It's like creating alone time for yourself, creating that stillness, which is the last thing you want to do when you feel lonely. Yeah. But it's necessary because only from that stillness can you go 
towards like connect, towards social interactions that really like give you value that make you feel connected because you can be connected with people and still feel lonely how many cases of like famous people do we have of this they all kind of like if you see interviews some people that like have gone through tough moments like especially famous people they always say that they kind of at one point they were surrounded by so many people but they felt lonely yeah. and it's because it's that you don't have true connections yeah it's uh and yeah you what was the then the other example i saw oh like the like the guy who killed himself from um lincoln park as well like he had five kids he's so many fans and everything and you still end up not being able to deal with things you feel inside and that's why i cannot stress enough this need because being alone it's, it's it's not being it is needed it's not don't look at it like oh my god i'm alone because uh, there's two kind of sides to it as well it's like you need to make time to be alone but you also need to make time to be with other people and um because you know if being alone is good but if you choose to be not if it's, it's like you don't you want to be like an incel of aloneness or whatever you don't want that to be imposed on you and you having no other option so you know easy easy to say like if somebody's socially awkward right now it's like oh well what else can i do and just a like side note it's like you can improve at it very slowly that's it and um kind of maybe touching on this a bit as well um we were talking this week kind of with our grandma a lot like this guy in portugal supposedly took like bad steroids and his leg got all fucked up and now he's in the hospital whatever and we're talking about like how sometimes wanting something quicker by looking for outside like shortcuts will fuck you up long term you know maybe even destroying your ability to get there and I feel like a lot of that comes due to not enough stillness because you're just in just in a rush. I need it now. I need a. I need to gain 10 kilograms of muscle right now. I need to be a millionaire tomorrow. I need it. There's an, a very deep urgency to it. And with that almost always comes taking shortcuts, not putting too much work, like burning yourself out because you're pretty much saying to yourself that I'm not happy right now. If I get that thing, I will be happy. So I'm going to do whatever it takes, like whatever it takes to get there. And that comes to not having stillness. Because somebody who's still, you don't desperately need something to make you happy. Because you know, you've dealt with those problems inside. You know, you get there, the problem will arise again if you put that focus on it. So kind of to conclude my thought, I would just say that it's, it will not be like if, you, if you're on a social media diet of like every day you're just doing that and then you playing video games and you're just always overstimulated it's gonna be very hard you're not gonna feel good when you just like if you stop all that even for an hour like if you're like if that's your case try to stop for one hour and not do anything just walk around but don't do anything it's gonna be almost impossible because <laughs> first of all lack of dopamine and then number two all the things that you've been suppressing are going to start coming up, like all these bad thoughts. Oh, what do I do with my life? Is this really what I want to do? Oh, what did that person say? A lot of this will start to come up. And it should be a wake-up call that if you don't deal with it right now, it will just get worse in the future if you decide to get, you know, to deal with it. it yeah, it needs to be a gradual process, you know. You can't just... I don't... I used to believe this, that you, you, you'd need to go cold turkey from things, you know, just delete all social media, all distractions and just deal with it but that's not realistic you know i think that usually leads to 
downfalls. You know, you just fall back and start over. And that's not really beneficial because we know that when people fail at something and they have to do it again, it becomes increasingly harder, increasingly harder because not only do they have to deal with the fact all over again, they have to deal with the fact that they failed one time. So in their mind, like their experiences, I failed this once. So they always have to struggle also with that thought. And so make it easy on yourself. You know, it's all with change, whatever it may be. It's all about making it easy on yourself. That may, you may not like that idea. And I certainly didn't for a lot, a long time in my life because that feels weak. You know, that feels like, Oh, I don't, I'm not strong enough to just go cold Turkey. And that's true. You aren't cold enough to go. Yeah. You aren't strong enough to go cold Turkey. You know, that's just reality. And that's very uncomfortable to accept, but you've, taken a lifetime getting to where you are. And so if you want to change it, it, you have to go slow. And speaking truthfully, it's not even slow because the progress you can make, it's not slow comparing to your entire life. You'd be amazing in this place. Like in three months, you can change your life significantly if you take it slow, quote unquote. And so don't, like, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Try to find ways of making it easy. Yeah, and even like even taking the the kaizen example, which is the Japanese word for improvement, pretty much, where the whole concept is to, it doesn't really matter how much as long as you improve every day, because like this is the classical example. If you take you start today at something total beginner, if you improve one percent every day, you'll be thirty six times as better by the end of the year, or thirty six thousand, no thirty six hundred percent. Like that's crazy. But the the thing is, like, it seems slow. Is this how, because you don't notice from one day to the other, even from one week to the next. But um, just to give you like a personal example of both of us, to, yesterday I was checking like the story archive on Instagram, and I was seeing like because I kind of shared on my personal one, like, oh, five thousand followers, ten thousand, and I was looking like five thousand, one month later ten thousand, one month later twenty thousand, and now like one or two months later forty thousand. But you don't notice this daily. Daily, it seems like the number is always the same. But it's... And like, we can talk about this all we want, but until you, listener, really feel it emotionally that like, oh, the the cold turkey way is not going to work for most things, you will always keep doing those mistakes. Hence why uh, stillness is so key, because it allows you to kind of go over things. Because if you're always doing you never have time to be like, oh, maybe that approach did not work at all ever. Going cold turkey works for two weeks and then I am I have like this crash where I go completely bananas on that thing, like maybe eating or watching TV shows or whatever, and then I'm back to my normal schedule. So we're almost, um, this is what I'm going to end the podcast with, which is take things slow and take time to, you know, think about things. Yeah, that's a, that's a good ender. Not much else to say about that all right so with that being said this was the searching for meaning podcast uh we hope you guys enjoyed it if you did please leave us a rating on itunes if you'd be so kind five stars only <laughs> like uber drivers and i uh, will see you next week here goodbye